everybody. I'm Kate Conroy. And I'm Vanessa Vitello. And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the country. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout. Awesome. Just a housekeeping matter, too, before we get started. This podcast is available just about anywhere you can get a podcast. That's like iTunes, Google Play, Amazon's TuneIn. We even throw these things up on YouTube if you'd rather watch than listen. But no matter how you check the show out, give it some love. Give it that like. Give it that comment. Give it that five-star review on iTunes. It helps all of those respective algorithms out there systematically controlling our lives. Put this show in front of more viewers, which is never a bad thing. So with all that out of the way, and you know what? You're going to have to correct me if I get this wrong because there's a lot of names here. But our awesome guest today from Davison, Eastman, Munoz, and Payone is Jim Payone. Jim, say hi, let the audience hear your voice and correct me if I was wrong. You are not wrong, Vinny. Thank you for having me on. Well, I appreciate it very much. Hi, everybody. Thank you. Fantastic. All right. So today's icebreaker is what are you currently binging? And uh, I will go first so that we uh, we can start us off. Um, a few episodes ago, Vinny uh, and I were talking trash about Lois and Clark that horrible well hi matt we, we weren't talking tra- tra- <laughs> trash about lois and clark i think we were talking trash about lois lane as a character That's and when right, we say right. we we mean you because i would never well, talk trash about lois lane as a character <laughs> okay the reason that we were talking trash is because in lois and clark you asserted that she played terry hatcher played lois as a lunatic yeah. And so we decided to go back and rewatch. And so I've been rewatching with you, Lois mm-hmm. and Clark, uh, the new adventures of Superman. And it has been adorable. I'm so yeah. grateful that we have done this. She is not a lunatic all the time. She certainly is a lunatic sometimes. But we're, we're, all, we're still in season one. Um, they do kind of like a hard reboot, not a reboot per se, but a lot of things get switched up in season two. And Lois becomes a lot more of a basket case. I would say the further along in the series we go, the more of a basket case Lois becomes. Jim, did you ever watch this? This was in the 90s. Um, Dean Cain played Superman. I confess that I did not. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say like you totally missed out. I mean, it's it's one of my all-time favorite shows, but it's one of my all-time favorite shows because I watched it as a child, like as it was coming out, you know. Um, I'm surprised Kate's enjoying it as much as it is. But, you know, we're we're watching it together, and a lot of that commentary really does make it a lot more enjoyable. Yes, texting back and forth, you know, complaining about characters and mocking costumes, and you know, things like that. It's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Jim, how so about Jim. you? So it, it's not real recent, but the last thing I binged was the uh, second season of Yellow Jackets. Ooh. So what's Yellow Jackets about? I don't know that one. Yep. Yellow Jackets is a series uh, that it's about a high school girls soccer team uh, that's their plane crashes uh, on their way to a national tournament. And it crashes in the middle of the looks like the north, northeast, northwest is very wooded, very snowy in the winter. And it's about not only how they survived, it flashes back from the time of the crash to the present day with um over with overlays of something was out there in the forest with them that affected them and made them behave in a certain way. And they carried that supposedly both psychologically 
and spiritually forward into the present. So you see them dealing both with the crash site and the aftermath of that and how it affects their present day lives once they start to get back together and reunite after going their, their separate ways. Think, 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 think Lord of the Flies with a plane crash. Well, wait, wait. Well, first of all, Lord of the Flies with a plane crash with some super, is this like a supernatural kind of element that's it's causing got, it's them got to a, act it, differently? You, you're working on it. Because you're describing they, loss to me and now I'm all in. <laughs> they, 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 they hint at it. Um, they hint at it, but, and I'm trying not to give too many spoilers. Okay. They hint at it, but through, but, but through season two, you, you, you're not really sure. Okay. So it's, so I'm anxiously waiting season three. Okay. So this is still going on. Yeah. I, I believe so. I, I think there's plans to make season three. And what network is this on? Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't get the that. Showtime, but sometimes you can find stuff on like iTunes and Voodoo and stuff to buy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's got mm-hmm. that lo- Lost is the, like, there will never be another Lost. So, for, as far as I'm concerned, it is like my favorite show ever. It will never get toppled. So, it sounds just like it. I, I'm in, you know? It reminds Excellent. me of um, The Wilds. Did you guys watch The Wilds on Amazon? No, but are you giving me another Lost-like recommendation? <laughs> it's, it's the same premise. A plane full of um, girls were heading to camp. Um, their plane crash lands on, a, on an island. And um, you find out pretty quickly that all of their parents have contracted with a company to get rid of them for the summer. And they... Everything that they experience <laughs> on the island is manufactured, including some really horrendous things. And actually, one thing isn't manufactured, um, but their parents are just not messing with them, but trying to teach them a lesson. They're kind of out of control girls. And yeah, I swear to God, it was it was interesting. So when you were talking at first and you're saying like the parents manufactured certain problems for them, I'm imagining like some monster like coming out of the trees and being like, I will eat you unless you can tell me how to spell the word stupendous. (laughs) Kaylee, go. (laughs) That would be amazing. It would. Probably not great parenting. I mean, it would be something for my kid to talk about in therapy forever. You know, like a lot of times I think like people are maybe a little too hard on their parents. This would be something that would be just objectively, of course, it was my fault. You know, by all means, feel free to complain about me to your therapist forever. Seriously. All right. What are you binging, Ben? Well, in addition to Lois and Clark with you, um, I've been doing Modern Family. Modern Family was always a show that I would watch like, you know, if it was on and I was flipping through the channels, I wouldn't turn it off. But I never sought out to like watch it, never recorded it, never like, you know, watched a full episode, probably. Um, But I always liked it. And so I I was looking for something to eat one night or watch one night while I was eating. And I I threw on Modern Family and I've, I've just been going through ever since. So I'm on like season three now. That is such a solid show. Jim, have you ever watched Modern Family? I have not. Uh, it's, worth it. it's so funny. I mean, it's just so, so funny. <laughs> it is. It's so consistently funny. Oh, my god! there's gosh. so many different kinds of characters that the humor mm-hmm. is so varied. Like, you know, no matter what your definition of funny is, there's a character that's delivering that You'll kind of it. humor. You know, so it's great. That's right. It is. It's fantastic. So, um, Jim... Tell me what you do at a, hold on, Davison, Eastman, Munoz, and Payone. I got that one without even reading. Did I leave anyone out? (laughs) You did not. You did not. Well done. I 
I am the managing partner of the firm. My specialty is commercial and construction litigation. I'm a certified civil trial attorney, which means my passion is going to court and trying cases. Uh, right. So my my task is to help uh, my clients get through whatever problems uh, they have. Uh, you know, uh, when it's, when it's on fire, it lands in my office. Hmm. Uh, so that's, uh, that's I like that's, that. You're the person they go to in the clutch. Okay. Yeah, because you know when 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 they've been sued or when they've been threatened to be sued, they that's that's where we come in. Uh, you know, so that's that's my background. I've been doing this for thirty three years, uh, and so that's that's where I come from. And I chair the business law department at the firm. Like I said, I I help manage the firm, run the day to day operations of the firm, and sort so of make sure the engine runs smoothly all the time. Okay, that's fantastic. What? A- Sorry, Ben. Go ahead. I was going to say before we started, I, I went to the website and mm-hmm. I was looking around just to see kind of what kind of law firm you were. And the first thing that pops up, and I I, I might even be able to read it word for word because I think I still have the website up. So it says, um, we are a full service law firm providing coordinative, creative and responsive legal services for and the thing went, went away. Here we go. I'm going to pull back for over 35 years. So when I first read that and I saw the word creative. I was trying to think of like, what is creative law? And the first thing that I came up with was better call Saul, you know, like kind of creatively coming up with ways to solve the problems. I'm sure that's not what you mean, (laughs) skirting around the law and whatnot, but I I was curious what you meant. Well, so you, you, you try to solve your client's needs proactively Mm -hmm. and by thinking outside the box. So Mm. you you want to have, uh, alternative solutions. You want to explore different things. So, you know, my my partner, Matt, uh, some months ago gave a lecture about a fractional ownership of commercial real estate through cryptocurrency. And, uh, you know, that's not a topic I know very much about, but that's a, an example of, of being creative. An example of being creative is having a, a, a multidisciplined approach to the client's problem so that if you think you need me, but you really don't need me, you need me to help you get in touch with somebody else at this firm who's better suited to solve your problem, then I want to be creative and have those people work with me to help solve your problem. So when you're talking about thinking, you know, thinking forward, you know, the you know, there's been a lot of talk about AI and chat GBT in terms of revolutionizing the industry, but it's, it's, it's a, it, it will revolutionize the industry, but it's still a tool. Okay. In the same way, the progression went from the typewriter to the fax machine, to email, to the internet, to zoom. They're all mm-hmm. tools that you have, that you, you become familiar with and can help you solve your problems. Uh, but in the end, you're still going to need, at least in my opinion, you're still going to need a, a lawyer and a human being to sift through that, make sure it's accurate, and to provide what I think the tools help you help, help inform you to provide, which is an opinion and a strategy about where your clients want to go. And so that's that's what I mean by being creative. We, it's more about listening than doing, because you can only do once you're informed by listening. And the creative process starts with the interaction with the client and the collaborative effort of the people in this building. 
you know, so there, you know, there's a wealth of, you know, there are centuries of le combined legal experience in this building. And so it is, it is the understanding that only by collaborating can you truly explore all the options that a client needs to help solve their problem. And that, and that's of course to scale, you know, it, you don't, you don't need, you don't need a howitzer, you know, to kill a mosquito. So, you know, but isn't it more fun? <laughs> it, it can be, but those are, those are the things too, that, you know, that you, 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 you match, you match your resources to the task at hand so that the client is getting value for what they're paying for, plus yeah. getting the solutions and legal representation they need. So that that's, that's my take on what it means to be creative, because we're always thinking about people, property and progress. And the progress is both external and internal. The, the law is a is a profession where you never stop learning. The the you know new cases come out, new laws are passed, and when you're faced with those things, and you and your client comes to you with a with a problem that has involved something that's never been tested before or hasn't been around a long time, that's where your creativity and helping them you know solve their issues comes in. So it's a it's a constantly evolving process, and that's what I mean by you know by being creative. The law firm has to constantly evolve with the changing atmosphere and landscape that we're faced with. I do like that you said um, it's it's not so much about like they need me, they need me to tell them who they need, because sometimes you know like the client might go directly to you when really you're. I, I don't know what your hourly rate might be, but like, you know, having you talk to them for three hours might be a lot more expensive than you saying, hey, you know what you need? You need this guy or this resource that's a lot cheaper. And, you know, we're not going to waste your time and money just, you know, like that. And that and that goes into that goes into managing the, the expectations, helping the client. Yes, that that does, in fact, happen. You you know, you will you will look at a problem and find the right person to fix it, because part of my part of my job and part of every person who has control over a file is to is to manage the dollars, because a dollar is worth a dollar, whether it comes from General Motors or the mom and pop hobby store on the corner. So, you know, you have to manage those finances those resources because the client's expecting not only excellent legal service they're expecting value and yeah. so yeah you have to you have to you have to think about those things when you're talking about that and that's part of communicating with the client that like i said you can't do until you listen and so when i'm listening and i hear that the, and i hear that there's there is a problem that may not necessarily need a particular person but needs somebody who can do the job for a particular fee, you know, we help manage that because it's all about, it's all about the client, their expectations and managing those, making sure that they get what they need and that they walk away happy. Hey, you had had a question when I was uh, first answering. What... I, I lost it, but I, I wrote <laughs> down um, people, property and progress. I love that. You know, I, I think that, well, maybe this is just me, but I think that a lot of people think of law firms that have been around a long time as maybe old fashioned and stodgy and stuffy. And the fact that you embrace progress and uh, as much as you do, I think that that's really refreshing. And some, I, I mean, I love that you use that word. I think that's amazing. Well, I appreciate that. And, and you know, we I think we get a reputation, especially for law firms that have been around a while for, for that, because 
one of the things we do is manage risk. And right. that's, you know, that leads you to places where, you know, you're assessing what the potential problems are, what the potential downsides are, what the potential upsides are, and you're counseling your client on what's the best thing to do. And most people are risk adverse. Okay. Most people will say, I don't want to be in a position where I have a significant financial risk or I have a significant uh, risk to my business operations. So if I'm, you know, if I'm producing a certain product or I, I have a certain um, manufacturing or I, I provide a certain service, you know, you spend a lot of time building your business. You spend a lot of time working at it to make it profitable. And so when you're going to take a course of action, a lot of people not, don't necessarily want to take risks. Now, some do. Uh, but that's but that's the that's the informed part of be, being the client. You know, we tell you what your options are. We make recommendations, but the clients make the ultimate decision is made by the client. And so, in order for them to make the best decision possible, they have to be informed. They have to know all the options. They have to know the risks, the benefits, and you have to tell them, okay, if you decide to do this, here's what the potential problems may be. And then once they have all that information and make that decision they go forward. Uh, but I, I I understand where you where you're coming from in terms of some of the old like it like an older firm has been around a while. You think of you know you, you think of John Houseman from the paper chase, a guy with white hair sitting in a in a walnut <laughs> library with books all around him. But yeah. that's where the but that's where the progress part comes in. Okay. There's there's a lot there's a lot more going on looking forward in the law than looking backward. Okay, we look we look mm -hmm. to precedent and and previous cases to give us guides, but we're looking to what goes on in the future. And so both both internally in terms of how we handle technology and the the systems we put in place, and and outwardly facing to the client, we have to be progressing, okay? because because the world is moving forward. Our clients want to move forward, and we can't help them move forward without doing that ourselves. So so to give you an example. Long before 2020 hit, we spent an awful lot of money making sure that all of our lawyers could virtually access the system. Okay. And, and that was just, and that was because, you know, that was, we saw that as a tool to better serve our clients. Okay. So that, you know, so that if you have, you know, if you have a family and you don't want to be in the office on Saturday and Sunday, but you have a chunk of time, you know, early in the morning or later at night, to do a little bit of work, you can pop on and do a little bit. So when March of 2020 hit, and you know, in an instant we were shut down, we didn't have any lag time. We were we that's were, awesome. We were able to go into that, and then you know, then as it evolved, other technologies came in. But but the lawyers in the firm were able to access the data that they needed, and a time when they needed it, when they couldn't get in their cars and come to the office and get a paper file. And you know, the paper files are going the way of the dodo anyway. But yeah, you know, but but that was, you know, that's just an example of somebody in the law firm, because I'm not the technology person in the law firm, somebody in the law firm saying, Hey, this might be a thing we want to explore. We we should really think about putting this in. And we did. And so, like I said, when you know, when we all were getting executive order after executive order, subsequently, you know, shutting things down more and more and more. We could talk to one another. We could communicate with our clients. We could access their information and continue to to, to solve their problems. So impressive. Well before 2020, you were like, yeah, 
pandemic, take your best shot, whatever. Talk about looking ahead, right? (laughs) Yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't envision a pandemic. We just, we just, you know, the people who made that suggestion here, you know, came up with it as a way, hey, this is a way we can be better. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. It's so impressive. Then I think I cut you off. No, I didn't. But, but I I think I can (laughs) actually pull this off. So, Jim, um, you mentioned the foresight of, you know, getting everybody virtual during COVID. Um, what other kinds of resources or what what kind of things set your law firm apart in terms of how the lawyers can approach things? Right. I, I think I think one of the things that sets us apart is we we're not a we're not a boutique firm. We're not a single practice firm. We're not a firm um, that has people. Um, you know, that are related to one another in the firm. We're, we're a group of highly, in my opinion, highly talented professionals that want to practice law together at the highest possible level. And so that leads to, in my opinion, you know, collaborate, a, a, a willingness to collaborate with one another, a willingness to invest in each other, a willingness to have the firm invest in the lawyers in terms of you know, making sure they're getting not just continuing legal education, but the right continuing legal legal education, that they're taking courses in their particular disciplines, that they're writing in their particular disciplines, that they're doing doing something to distinguish themselves in their practice area with the goal of providing excellent, ser- excellent legal service with excellent client service to make it a, a, an overall positive experience for the people that come to us because we we highly value our reputation and we highly value relationships. I mean, yes, I will take a, a client and that might be a one-off. Every every lawyer will. Okay. But what we're truly interested in is is building a relationship with the client. So that the client thinks of us as a resource for them, whether or not we do what they need from us. So, you know, my goal is to have everybody that I touch come away saying, you know what, if I have a problem, I can call Jim and he'll either fix my problem or he will give me somebody he trusts that that can fix my problem for me. And so I want to I want to be looked on the firm wants to be looked on as having a, that kind of relationship with its clients that you view us as a trusted advisor, whether or not it's inside of what we do or not that you that you count on us to help steer you the right way, no matter where you need to go. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you, you were talking earlier about AI and, and like staying on top of the, the latest things. It's it's totally changing the world. I mean, I can't go online anymore without seeing another case or something where people are like, this is how AI is affecting copyright. And this is how mm-hmm. AI is affecting workforce. You know, just to give you an example, I'm not even here right now. This is an AI that Vinny programmed while he's playing video games. I just fed it a few jokes and I said, cut to Kate every chance you get. Mm-hmm. What a liar. You're so yeah. funny. That's um, what you think. I shouldn't call you a liar with a lawyer in the room, huh? <laughs> not good. All right. What are some of your other practice areas? We talked about what you do, but what does everybody else at the firm do? So, so, so I, I describe the firm as, as a firm that provides business services and high-end personal services. So, you know, a short way of explaining is it is if you 
have a business issue and you do not need a securities and exchange lawyer, that you're not looking to put a stock on a public exchange, we can handle it. So whether it's formations, dissolutions, acquisitions, mergers, sales, litigation, uh, we do management side, employment, so uh, investigations, handbooks, litigation, uh, training and seminars for employers and their employees. Um, we have a municipal department. We represent several towns and, and some zoning boards and planning boards. Uh, we have a uh, a land title department, which is headed by my partner, Ed Eastman, which is not what you would think of when you think of real estate. You think of real estate, you think of residential and commercial closings. Ed's land title practice is waterfront development, uh, title problems, boundary line disputes, boundary line errors, encroachments, um, you know, things that affect the, the, the title to real property. Uh, we have a very robust uh, trust and estates department with subspecialties in both special needs and elder care. Uh, we have, uh, I think, three LLMs in tax. So we have a tax practice. Um, we also have, um, like I said, a land use practice, uh, various zoning and planning boards. So, so those those kind of things are what we, you know, what is in the mix with respect to our uh, our 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 practice. We have uh, we have two people who do uh, alternative dispute resolution. They either mediate or arbitrate. Um, you know, for for other people, we provide the dis the decision uh, resolution services for for those people through that either mediation or arbitration. So it's 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 a robust practice uh, that that uh, I enjoy very much. I, I I work with a lot of very smart people, and I learn from them every day. So you jogged my memory. I last week I attended a uh, an LGBTQ plus conference, um, and there are all kinds of different panels, but one of them was on law enforcement. And they talked about law firms who are getting into the um, the space where they're helping people who are trans change their names. And mm -hmm. one of the attorneys talked about how if your parents are doing their estate planning and you are in their will under your old name, the challenge that that might create. And I was wondering if, if, if your firm... Since you talked about progress, I'm all like thinking about mm -hmm. all these new mm -hmm. issues now. Um, mm -hmm. Has your firm experienced any of that? Are you are you dealing with any of that in the estate planning world? So so that would that would be my partners Anne Marie Mazu and Chris Olzak. Uh, but I okay. will tell you um, from my and this is an area I don't practice, so I know enough just to be dangerous. Um, <laughs> but but I but I will tell you it's a di it's a discipline that requires precision. Okay, right. because. Because not only not only do you have to deal with the documents, okay, but you have to deal with institutions. So while you may have a, a trans person who's changed their name or changed their gender through whatever process to get that legally done, okay, you still at some point have to go to a life insurance company, have to go to a bank and prove to them that you are in fact the person who has been left this money and right. or whatever, whether it's property or anything. And I like I said, I have no personal experience with it. I just know that at times I've heard stories from the trust of the state people that the institutions can be difficult to deal with. So my answer to your question would be if you were if you were thinking about doing that, 
then one of the things I think your estate lawyer should talk to you about is, okay, if you have a brokerage account here and you have a significant amount of money here, you should contact those institutions and say to them, hey, I have a person who may be trans or may be transitioning or may want to change their gender or change their name. What do I need to do to make sure that you will take this piece of paper, okay, that I'm going, that I'm painstakingly creating in order to protect my family and my loved ones and, you know, maximize their inheritance, minimize their tax liability. What do I need to give you so that you will honor this? And I think that's a, I think that's a, a, a great question uh, to, to ask. And I, I'm, and I'm going to go ask her that when we're done here, I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk down the hallway and say, Hey, Murray, I got no. this question uh, from the, the New Jersey business and industry people about <laughs> estate planning. We should really think about this. Uh, yeah. because, and this I, is I'm a sure new that, issue. Well, I'm like, sure you know, has. Well, it no, because I'm thinking, oh, go ahead. Yeah, it, it, like I said, I, I'm sure they've they've given some thought to this. Yeah. Um, I just just it's just not something that comes up in the conversations that I have yeah. with them because I don't practice in that discipline. Yeah. So getting down into the nitty gritty of those particular granular decisions for each individual client is not something that I would. But like I said, you you certainly piqued my interest in it, and I'm mm-hmm. going to walk down there and find out about it. I'm, I was just thinking, I'm surprised it's a new issue in the sense that like, we've always had people changing their names for a variety of reasons. Like mm-hmm. let's say even just marriage. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm curious if, and I don't know how the wills are stated, but if let's say like a will is stated, like my daughter, Kate Conroy, like mm-hmm. if that makes it more of an issue, right. you know, like more like harder, let's say, I don't know. Um, As opposed yeah. to my son. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you may, and you may, and you, yeah. And you may, you may start seeing people change the language yeah. because, right. you know, because like I said, I know enough just to be dangerous. <laughs> you know, there are different tax treatments for different classes of beneficiaries. So, you know, sons mm. and daughters, children, I should say, children mm. are treated different than cousins and nieces and nephews. Right. So right. at some point, you know, if you're doing the planning, you have to make sure that if the person is in fact a child, that they they fit into that designation so they can make sure that the tax planning works. But I will tell you this, um, I had a client who back in the seventies changed her name and couldn't renew her driver's license Mm. because there were different names on different things. So the name on her birth certificate, because now you have to bring, you know, I did different things for, so the name on her birth certificate was different than the name on her driver's license. And so we had to go back into, you know, this was back, it was done back in the seventies. And thankfully the, the, the County kept good enough records, but we had to go back and actually get the old court order because she had long ago lost it the old court right. order to get, to have her take down to the motor vehicle department so that they could see that she was in fact the same person. So the, the issue presents itself. It's just, you know, so like I said, when you're dealing sometimes with institutions, you can get these little variations that make life difficult. Definitely. I believe it. Well, so much to think about. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to play a game. Cool. Excellent. 
And welcome back. It is now time for our lightning round, which today is brought to us by Usource. Jim, are you ready? I am. What is your favorite pizza topping? Sausage. Excellent choice. Oh, really good choice. I forgot to mention that we will judge you on your answers. <laughs> you so know what's funny? Proof of that okay, one. so every single time <laughs> we've done this, if somebody says like pepperoni or sausage, we're all on board. And when people get like right. more creative, we tend to get judgy. So I want to say the last episode of this show, Jackie Lurea was on and she mm -hmm. said anchovies yeah. and we gave it the, uh, mm -hmm. um, but I, I am a man of my word and I said, I would try it. And I did. I went out and got an anchovy pizza as crazy and as insane as that mm -hmm. is. I actually got a half anchovy pizza because you really do have to give yourself some kind of a back door in case like you take one bite and go, no, but um, it was actually pretty good. I I'm going to say, it's not Bologna. exactly for me. I'm not going to say I loved it, but I understand why people like it. It's it's sort of like it tastes like the ocean in a way mm. that I would say is not terrible. Because when I think about taking a, a mouthful of the ocean, yeah. but it it yeah. worked. I'm I'm going to say it worked. I listen. I I like them, just not on pizza. What what mm. would you put an anchovy on? What would you put them on? Oh, uh, my mother used to serve them with roasted peppers. Okay. Uh, you, you, you can put them in, uh, you could put them in Caesar salad. You can I keep hearing that. Yeah, yeah. Caesar salad. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, linguine with garlic and oil and you can, okay. if you crush them up and swirl them into the oil while it's cooking, it gives it a, it gives it a different taste. All right. Give me some options like here. Got a cooking lesson. That was really good. Thank you, Jim. I feel like we just tapped into one of Jim's uh, passions and we didn't even realize it. You know? <laughs> we didn't know it was coming. Look at that. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, My pleasure. What is the most daring thing you've ever done? The scariest thing I've ever done. Well, she said most daring, right? Most almost daring. daring. Yeah. I think yeah. it's yeah, scary. Daring. Yeah. But I mean, those most, two words are, are I mean, similar enough. Yeah. The, most, the, the, the most daring thing I ever did was on a challenge from my best friend. Oh, here it comes. When I was <laughs> 10, I rode a bicycle down three flights of stone stairs. Nice. <laughs> did you break anything? Did you make it? I did not. So it's just not. a complete success. Like you didn't fall off or anything? No, I didn't. No blood. I didn't. Wow. No blood. Wow. Well done. That's super impressive. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I myself my, might my, be able to make it down one stair. My brother, who was two yeah. and a half years younger, lost a tooth. <laughs> Thankfully, it's the, the baby teeth at that point, right? Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you get in trouble so. for... No, because it worked out. No harm, no foul. Oh, but the, the oh, brother. Did, brother. Did my brother? Did, he wasn't in trouble. It was just sort of a disappointment with the lapse in judgment. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Boy, it's parents really know how to twist that knife with them. I'm just disappointed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the, the biggest arsenal you have at this point. <laughs> okay. Farthest from New Jersey you've ever been. Farthest from New Jersey I have ever been. I want to get my geography right. I'm waiting for somebody to respond. I've never left the state of New Jersey. <laughs> All right. Someday. Someday. Sicily. Sicily. Excellent. Nice. 
Very nice. What'd you do? Was it a vacation? Was it for work? Yeah, it, uh, yeah. We, we had gone to Italy a, a number of times. Um, and so uh, that was one of, I think that was the second trip we made. Very so cool. that was back in the late 70s. Would you yeah, recommend it? To go back. I would recommend it, except that we went in August. Ooh, and is it, it warm enough? Forgive is, me, I am Italian, but I don't know the uh, the seasons. In it, it, is, it, is, it is insanely hot. Insanely hot. Okay. In August. So like I would rec- I would I would recommend it in March. Beautiful I can't remember what month I went. When I went to Italy, it was freezing. You know, so and I, I didn't pack for freezing, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. So yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> all right. Uh are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning. Ah. Uh, nice. uh, I wish I could be a morning person. It's just, yeah. My uh it's hard. My middle son is, is autistic and one of his routines for the last 23 years is he is up between five and five 30 every morning. Oh my goodness. That's early. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so are you up with him? I, I, I've gotten used to it, mm. nice. but I've always, I've always been a morning person. So. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Last question. Uh, how many cats is too many cats? One. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Fair. Fair enough. All right. You're on Vinny's side with that one, I guess. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was the lightning round, which... Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. All right. That was the lightning round, which today was brought to us by Usource. Thank you to Usource, and thank you, Jim, for indulging us. We appreciate that. My pleasure. Jim? I, I was actually thinking about this earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. I I can't, I've never been sued in my life and I've, I've mm-hmm. thankfully never, and thankfully for that. And thankfully I've never been in a position where I've needed to sue somebody, mm-hmm. but it sounds like the kind of thing that doesn't come up often in most people's lives. I can imagine mm-hmm. it being the sort of situation where you're like, what do I do? So mm-hmm. any advice for somebody on where to start? Sure. If, if, if you have been sued, the number one, paramount thing you must never do is ignore it a lot of people get a summons and a complaint in the mail and they throw it in the garbage and then six months later they wonder how somebody got a judgment against them it's because mm-hmm. you didn't respond okay, so if you if you get anything from a court that that says that there's a claim against you uh, and I'm talking about a, a piece of civil litigation when you say sued I'm talking about a piece sure. of civil litigation you sh- you should do you should do Two things, okay? The first thing you should do is send it to whatever insurance carriers you have on the chance that you will be covered for it, in which case, the, if you are covered for it, the carrier will provide you with a lawyer and a defense and indemnity, which is they will pay, if covered, any judgment that's again entered against you up to the limits of liability. Second thing is call a lawyer, okay? And, and you know, that's the 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 two things. Like I said, the absolute no no is ignoring it because only bad things can happen if you ignore it. Well, wait, wait, wait. I have a couple questions. So when you say insurance, um, are we talking about like if I was in a car accident, I would send it to the You're, auto insurance. Right, if right. maybe somebody slipped on my property, I would send it to like the home insurance. But other than that, right. there's no like litigation insurance that I need to be aware of, right? Well, like, well it, there's no. Well, when you say litigation insurance, so for example, if if you're a business, okay. You're going to have a commercial general liability policy. You're going to have a workers' compensation policy if you have employees. If you have employees, you're going to have EPLI, which is Employment Practices 
coverage. So if you get sued, okay, yes, you you should you should have those things. And one of the things we talk about when people come to us to form businesses and to start businesses is, okay, what are you going to do? Are you going to have a physical location? And what insurances do you need to protect yourself in the event that these things happen? So yes, on the, on the, on the individual side, it's most likely a car accident. Someone gets hurt in your home. You know, the, the neighbor's kid breaks his arm on the swing set in the backyard. Mm. Uh, the people, the people, you have people working at the house, they get injured. You know, your homeowner's policy will probably cover all that. With respect yeah. to businesses, we talk about what it is, what it is you're doing, what risks, going back to where we first started this conversation, what risks are you undertaking? So if you, you own property, customers will be coming in and out, employees will be coming in and out, delivery people will be coming in and out. So, you know, you insure yourself against those risks. So to, the answer to your question is, yeah, when you get something like that, that says, you know, you're a defendant, you absolutely need to, to submit it to your insurance company. And, you know, you have in most instances, a 35 day window to respond. So, uh. you know, doing something on when you get served is important. When we, when you say when you get served, is it like it is? I mean, I, I only know of the TV and the movies where somebody has to physically hand you something and say you've been served. When we say ignore is because there's a lot of times stuff comes in the mail and I'm like, this can't there's, be real. There, there's, there, there, it depends. Okay. So generally in New Jersey, you you need personal service. A process server comes to your house and hands you a summons and complaint. And that's what it'll be. It'll, there'll be two documents. There'll be a summons that basically starts out with saying you are being sued and a complaint, which is the lawsuit itself. Okay, But in some of the courts of limited jurisdiction, which would be the special civil part and the small claims part, okay, service is generally by mail. Mm. Okay, so so if if the claim is less than a certain dollar amount, I believe in this in the special civil part, it's twenty thousand dollars. So if you're being sued for a debt that you have, okay, you didn't pay a medical bill, you didn't pay your credit card bill, okay, if it's less than that jurisdictional amount, you're going to get something in the mail, okay, that is base is going to have the summons and complaint, but it's basically going to say you're being sued. So, like I said, don't ignore it. The worst. The worst that can happen is you can pick up the phone, call somebody like me, say, hey, you know, this happened. And I will, and I will say, you know what? Give me the names because I have to run a conflict check to make sure that there's no conflicts with the firm. And then email it to me. Mm. I'll take a peek at it and I'll call you back. You're and giving me a nice you- and easy segue here, actually, because my next question was going to be, <laughs> how do people get a hold of the firm if they feel like they need their services? Sure. A number of different ways. The the phone number is 732-462-7170. The website is www.respondlaw.com. We're on LinkedIn. Uh, We have some YouTube videos up on YouTube. We have our own YouTube channel. Uh, We are on Twitter uh, and we are on Facebook. So you can get a hold of us uh, or you can do it the old fashioned way and just Google us. Very, very cool. Nice. But we're, right. we're out there. You, that... If you're looking for us, you can find us. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's correct. Yeah. Uh, I, I That's our show. Thank you to our, our listeners, especially the subscribers. We really appreciate the support. And thank you to Jim Payone, the managing partner of Davidson, Eastman, Munoz, and Payone for joining us today. It was a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you both very much. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Thank you Absolutely. for coming.
All right. We'll see you next time. Bye.